Long History, Henry Hudson, Journey 3, Part 1, The Norwegian Coast and the Faroe Islands, in all weathers. How did New York's famous river, the Hudson, and Canada's vast Hudson Bay get their names? Find out about Hudson's four historic journeys here. Hello everyone and welcome to Long History. This is the place to be if you want to listen to the source documents of history. We take these documents and split them up into digestible chunks of around 10 minutes or so. Each episode should stand on its own, but feel free to join them together and listen to the full details about historic journeys and other events. In this document, we're covering Henry Hudson's diverse voyages and northern discoveries. We've already done the first two journeys, so feel free to go back and listen to those if you haven't already. But this journey is where Henry Hudson's more famous explorations begin. In the previous episode, Hudson finished his second journey, determined to make another attempt to find a passage to the east by the north somehow. Having explored due north and northeast, in this voyage he starts to look for a northwest passage. However, his journey has begun by making another attempt to head to the east using a northeast passage around northern Russia. Another thing that's different about this journey is that he sets off from Amsterdam rather than England. This account, however, misses out that first part of the journey and leaps straight to the more famous explorations. So the document more or less starts in northern Norway as Hudson returns from those Arctic waters to the north of Russia. Places mentioned in this episode are Ward House, the northeastern part of Norway, and Lofoot, which is another reference to the Lofoden Islands off the coast of Norway. Hudson, despite being on his way home, decides to take a risk and to make an unplanned detour. He passes the so-called Far Islands, which are today's Faroe Islands between Great Britain and Iceland, and then heads towards the North American continent. This journey began on the 25th of March 1609 and ended on the 7th of November of the same year. So this is at the beginning of Hudson's most famous journeys. This is Journey 3, Part 1, the Norwegian coast and the Faroe Islands in all weathers. The third voyage of Master Henry Hudson toward Nova Zembla, and at his return, his passing from far islands to new found land and along to 44 degrees and 10 minutes, and thence to Cape Cod and so to 33 degrees, and along the coast to the northward to 42 degrees and a half, and up the river near to 43 degrees. Written by Robert Jewett of Limehouse. On Saturday, the 5 and 20th of March 1609, after the old account, we set sail from Amsterdam, and by the 7th and 20th day, we were down at the Texel. And by 12 of the clock, we were off the land, it being east of us, two leagues off, and because it is a journey usually known, I omit to put down what passed, till we came to the height of the North Cape of Finnmark, which we did perform by the 5th of May, Stilo Novo, being Tuesday. On which day we observed the height of the pole, and found it to be 71 degrees and 46 minutes, and found our compass to vary 6 degrees to the west, and at 12 of the clock the North Cape did bear southwest and by south 10 leagues off, and we steered away east and by south and east. After much trouble, with fog sometimes and more dangerous of ice. The 19th, being Tuesday, was close stormy weather, 
with much wind and snow, and very cold. The wind variable between the north, northwest, and northeast. We made our way west and by north till noon. Then we observed the sun having a slake, and found our height to be 70 degrees 30 minutes. And the ship had outrun us 20 leagues, by reason of the set of the stream of the White Sea, and we had sight of Ward House. Then at two of the clock we tacked to the eastward, for we could not get about the North Cape, the wind was so scant. And at eight of the clock at night, on the one and twentieth, the North Cape did bear south-east and by south seven leagues off. And at midnight Assumption Point did bear south and by east, five leagues off us. The two and twentieth, gusting weather with hail and snow, the sun breaking out sometimes. We continued our course along the land west-southwest. And at ten of the clock at night, we were thwart of Zenam. The body of it did bear east off us five leagues. And the course from the North Cape to Zenam is for the most part west and by south, and west-southwest, fifty-four leagues. The three-and-twentieth, fair, sunshining weather. The wind at east and by south, and east-south-east. We steered along the land southwest, and southwest and by west, eight leagues a watch, for so we found the land to lie from Zenam to Lowfoot. And the distance is fifty leagues from the body of Zenam to the westernmost land of Lowfoot. And from the one to the other, the course is southwest and by west. For the needle of our compass was set right to the north. At twelve of the clock at night, the body of Lowfoot did bear southeast six leagues off. The four and twentieth, fair, clear, sunshining weather. The wind variable upon all points of the compass, but most upon the southeast, and sometimes calm. We continued our course west-southwest as before. And at eight of the clock at night, the southern part of Lowfoot did bear southeast ten leagues off us. The five and twentieth, much wind at northeast, with some snow and hail. The first watch, the wind came to the east a fine gale, and so came to the northeast, the second watch, at four of the clock, and freshed in. And at eight of the clock, it grew to a storm, and so continued. At noon we observed, and made the ship to be in 67 degrees 58 minutes. We continued our course southwest 12 leagues a watch. At nine of the clock, Lowfoot did bear east of us 15 leagues off. And we found the compass to have no variation. The wind increased to a storm. The sixth and twentieth was a great storm at the north, northeast and northeast. We steered away southwest afore the wind, with our forecourse abroad, for we were able to maintain no more sails. It blew so vehemently, and the sea went so high and break withal, that it would have dangered a small ship to lie under the sea. So we scudded seventy leagues in four and twenty hours. The storm began to cease at four of the clock. The seven and twentieth. Indifferent, fair weather, but a good stiff gale of wind at north, and north-north-east. We held on our course as before. 
At noon we observed and found our height to be 64 degrees 10 minutes, and we perceived that the current had hindered us in 48 hours to the number of 16 leagues, to our best judgment. We set our main sail, sprit sail, and our main top sail, and held on our course all night, having fair weather. The 8th and 20th, fair weather and little wind at northeast. We held on our course southwest. At noon we observed the height and were in 62 degrees and 30 minutes. The afternoon was little wind at north northwest. The second watch it fell calm. At four of the clock we had sight of the isles called Far and found them to lie out of their place in the sea chart 14 leagues to far westerly. For in running southwest from Lowfoot we had a good care to our steerage and observations and counted ourselves 30 leagues off by our course and observation, and had sight of them 16 or 18 leagues off. The 9 and 20th. Fair weather, sometimes calm and sometimes a gale, with the wind varying at southwest and so to the northeast. We got to the islands, but could not get in. So we stood along the islands. The ebb being calm, we durst not put in. 30th, fair weather, the wind at southeast and east-southeast. In the morning, we turned into a road in Stromo, one of the islands of Far, between Stromo and Muggins, and got in by nine of the clock, for it flowed so there that day. And as soon as we came in, we went to Romage and sent our boat for water, and filled all our empty casks with fresh water. We made an end of our rummaging this night by ten of the clock. The one and thirtieth, fair, sunshining weather, the wind at east-south-east. In the forenoon, our master, with most of his company, went on shore to walk, and at one of the clock they returned aboard. Then we set sail. The first of June, Silo Novo, fair, sunshining weather. The wind at east-south-east. We continued on our course, south-west and by west. At noon we observed the sun and found our height to be 60 degrees 58 minutes, and so continued on our course all night with fair weather. This night we lighted candles in the bitacle again. The second, misty weather, the wind at northeast. At noon we steered away west-southwest to find Bus Island, discovered in the year 1578 by one of the ships of Sir Martin Frobisher, to see if it lay in her true latitude in the chart or no. We continued our course as before all night, with a fair gale of wind. This night we had sight of the first stars, and our water was changed colour to a white-green. The compass had no variation. The third, fair, sunshining weather, the wind at northeast. We steered on our course southwest and by west with a stiff gale of wind. At noon we observed and found our height to be 58 degrees 48 minutes, and I was before the ship 16 leagues by reason of the current that held us so strong out of the southwest, for it is 8 leagues in 4 and 20 hours. We accounted ourselves near Bus Island, 
By midnight we looked out for it, but could not see it. The fourth in the morning was much wind with fog and rain. We steered away southwest by west all the forenoon, the wind so increasing that we were enforced to take in our top sail, the wind continuing so all the afternoon. We steered away southwest all the forepart of the night, and at ten of the clock at night it was little wind, and that was south, and so came up to the south-southeast. The fifth, stormy weather, and much wind at south and south by east, so that at four of the clock in the morning we took in our foresail and lay a try with our main course, and tried away west-northwest four leagues. But at noon it was less wind, and the sun showed forth, and we observed and found our height to be 56 degrees 21 minutes. In the afternoon the wind veered to and fro between the southwest and the southeast, with rain and fog, and so continued all night. We found that our ship had gone to the westward of our course. The sixth, thick, hazy weather, with gusts of wind and showers of rain. The wind varied between east-southeast and southwest. We steered on many courses a west-southwest way. The afternoon watch, the wind was at east-southeast, a stiff gale with mist and rain. We steered away southwest by west eight leagues. At noon, the sun shone forth, and we found the height to be 56 degrees eight minutes. The seventh, fair, sunshining weather all the forenoon, and calm until twelve of the clock. In the afternoon, the wind came to the northwest, a stiff gale. We steered southwest by west and made a southwest way. At noon we found the height to be 56 degrees, one minute, and it continued all night a hard gale. The eight, stormy weather, the wind variable between west and northwest, much wind. And at eight of the clock we took off our bonnets. At noon the sun showed forth and we observed and our height was 54 degrees 30 minutes. The ninth, fair, sunshining weather, and little wind all the forepart of the day until eleven of the clock. Then the wind came to the south-southeast, and we steered away west-southwest. At noon we found our height to be fifty-three degrees and forty-five minutes, and we had made our way south by west ten leagues. In the afternoon the wind increased, and continued all night at east-northeast and east. The tenth. Fair weather, the wind variable between east-northeast and southeast. We steered on our course as before. At four of the clock in the afternoon, the wind came up at southeast, and we held on our course as before. At noon, we observed and found our height to be 52 degrees, 35 minutes. So we seem to have had all weathers in this document, and amidst all the details here, of the height of the sun, of islands that they're visiting, there are actually as many gaps as there are details here. For example, Hudson set off from Amsterdam and had explicitly agreed to look for a northeast passage around Russia and if he couldn't find it, to return to Amsterdam. So why did Hudson make this detour? And how did he get everyone to agree to this detour? There's not even a mention of it in this document. But 
we can already see hints here of things not going to plan, of agreements being broken, of risks being taken, even in this most innocuous of episodes. In the next episode, Hudson reaches the North American continent and begins to meet some of the local people. He would also begin to make the discoveries in European terms, of course, that would make him famous. More specifically, in the next episode, he'll reach a place that has already been given the name of Newfoundland, Newfoundland. But the borders of that area were not so well defined in those days. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Now this is where Hudson's famous adventures really begin. So I'd appreciate it if you could like and share this episode if you can with any like-minded people. Don't forget to subscribe as well to be informed of the release of the rest of the episodes in this series. This was Henry Hudson, Journey 3, Part 1. The Norwegian coast and the Faroe Islands in all weathers. Goodbye.